Awaken Your Alpha, Woman. How to deal with dementia. Not all who wander need be lost. Lisa Skinner. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. New weekly Awaken Your Alpha Woman show to be released every Monday on top of our regular Thursday show. Let us know if this is something you want more of through sharing, subscribing, and leaving us a review. This format will initially run for a few months while I see if the right host is ready to take over the show and how it is received by you, the listeners. Please do reach out, share, and let me know what you think. But let's dive into this one. This is powerful stuff. All right, Awakening Round for women out there and men. Let's dive into this one. And I've got some absolutely stunning, impressive, awesome alpha women coming for you every week, every Monday for the foreseeable future. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Hi, I'm Adam Lewis Walker, founder of Awaken Your Alpha, the number one personal leadership network that is also a best-selling book, Awaken Your Alpha, Tows and Tactics to Thrive, and also a TEDx talk, Awaken Your Alpha, How to Rise Up. You can see a theme here, but please do check these out. If you like the talk, if you like the podcast, you will love the book. The book is the best of the best, and it's available on Amazon. This podcast is brought to you by The Talk Accelerator, helping thought leaders increase influence, income, and impact by achieving their talk. If you'd like to find out more about how you can get onto the red spot, please do head over to talkaccelerator.com. That's talkaccelerator.com. How to secure and smash your own TEDx talk. You can also book in your complimentary idea clarity call there to talk through any potential ideas you may have. Get to the podcast. This week on Awaken Your Alpha, it's really important episode they're always important but this one especially because this is something you may end up dealing with or you may be dealing with so it's important to kind of get this insight support when it comes to how to manage the daunting challenges of dementia and looking after loved ones Um, so really important episode we have lisa skinner on the line she's the best-selling author of not all who wander need be lost please do listen into this one share it never had a show like this yet so excited to dig in lisa are you ready to awaken your alpha today Oh, absolutely. Yes. Awesome. That was quite a brief introduction. I think we obviously focused in on why someone should listen to this show, but is there anything you'd like to add or highlight about you? What are you all about at the moment? Well, I am a behavior specialist and I have been helping families um, understand the day-to-day challenges that are common and come along with uh, one of the brain diseases that causes dementia. There are a lot of components. It's a very complicated illness. And from um, my own experience, having eight family members with um, dementia and have been counseling families for over 25 years, I have um, been on both sides of the fence. And I am very empathetic and sympathetic to what family members go through. It's a long, long journey. Some folks live with dementia for up to 20 years, and it's, um, you know, a a very progressive degenerative disease, and family members really struggle with, um, you know, watching the decline of their family members, and also not, uh, there's not a lot of information out there on um, how to manage and cope with the day-to-day challenges. So that's what I help people with. Because the information is so limited, my goal really is 
to teach people what's happening to the brain, help them recognize the behaviors that are commonly um, associated with the disease. But most importantly, I help people understand the way, the right way to um, respond and react to the behaviors because yeah. the responses actually are counterintuitive to the way we instinctively want to react to them. And so I, that's really what I help people um, understand. So they'll have um, a less stressful and better relationship with their loved one while they're going through this journey with them. Yeah. Well, you touched on there, you help people understand or teach people what is happening to the brain. I mean, so what is happening to the brain in the, in the most basic or most complicated sense in terms of dementia? Well, let me explain what dementia is, because a lot of people actually think it's a separate disease. I've had people tell me, oh, no, my mom doesn't have Alzheimer's disease. She has dementia. So is it okay if I kind of start? Oh, there? yeah, definitely. This is, I want it 101, the basics, get it so you clarify and to make sure you're on the same page. Because obviously you're an expert in this. And so it'd be important to clarify a few key facts. And I think this is something that, um, you know, people should understand the difference between Alzheimer's disease and dementia. It's an important part of dealing with, um, with the disease. So dementia is not a separate illness. It's really a broad term that's used to describe the symptoms that are caused by a brain disease. And uh, there are actually over 50 brain diseases that can cause dementia. When we think of brain disease, or uh, we, the first thing most people think of is Alzheimer's disease. And the reason why is because it is the um, number one cause of dementia. So if somebody has Alzheimer's disease, they have dementia. Yeah. But dementia is really a broad term used to describe the symptoms. So let me just kind of put this in perspective for um, our listeners. We can all relate to having the flu. At some point in our lives, probably most of us, if not all of us, have had the flu. And the symptoms when we have the flu vary from person to person and from episode to episode. Um, sometimes we get a fever, sometimes we get body aches and chills and um, stomach upset and um, severe headaches but not everybody who comes down with the flu has all the symptoms. Their symptoms vary. This is the exact same analogy with dementia. So think of dementia like the flu as being the symptoms of the disease, but not everybody displays all the symptoms of the brain disease. Yeah. So the other thing that's kind of interesting to know is I mentioned there are over 50 brain diseases that cause dementia, but not all diseases cause dementia. I've never known of a case of somebody having Alzheimer's disease without having dementia. But Parkinson's, Parkinson's disease, which a lot of people are familiar with, they've at least heard of it, you can have Parkinson's disease with dementia or without dementia. 
So what that means is if you have the dementia aspect of it, that it's affecting your brain and you're going through a cognitive decline. Um, so that's the distinction between Alzheimer's disease. Yeah, and I mean, I was thinking obviously a very famous person with Parkinson's disease, uh, Michael J. Fox. So he seems to be like, um, that he still seems very with it mentally. I don't know now, if you're aware of He's a perfect example of somebody who has Parkinson's disease that does not have the dementia with it. That's what I was thinking. I was, cause in terms of just from being aware of him, I thought you'd know for definite, yeah. Yes, okay. he does not. He's, he seems to be very cognitively healthy and he's one of the you know lucky people that with who lives with parkinson's and he's had it for a long long time i i think at least 15 or 20 years yeah yeah no i'd agree it not yeah. seem like it has really no, he's still doing movies and yeah, still still acting quite yeah he is yeah but other people that have parkinson's disease it affects the brain it damages the brain and they show the the same signs um, as people with Alzheimer's disease. In other words, they have the dementia aspect yeah. of it. Okay. Awesome. Huntington's disease is another disease that uh, you'll see people have with the dementia or without the dementia. But again, I don't know of anybody who's ever had Alzheimer's disease mm -hmm. that and have the dementia component yeah. to it. Yeah, I want to, before we dig too much, I want to just touch on your origins briefly. Like, where are you originally from and where are you speaking to us from today? And, and kind of, did you ever think this would be one of your main focuses growing up? I mean, what did you want to be? A veterinarian. Uh. <laughs> I've always had such a love and a passion for animals, but um, life took me on a different path. Yeah. And I think a lot of it was my very first experience with um, Alzheimer's disease was when I was a teenager, my grandmother I had it. And she is um, a good example of somebody that pretty much displayed all of the strange behaviors that are common with dementia. She had the hallucinations, she had the delusions, she had the paranoia, she had the outbursts. You know, she was kind of a, an exception because she did show so many different behaviors. It just varies from person to person. You can have a hundred people in a room who have some form of brain disease that causes dementia and every single one of them could display different symptomology. Yeah with the disease yeah in terms of you talked about lots of symptoms and if someone's listening to this and they're they've been noticing strange things with either a family member or someone they know what are some of the classic symptoms and also some of the early signs the difference between someone just being forgetful or what, from your expertise you think actually there might be something in it and things people can look out for and what can they do or you know obviously being aware of it would be the first thing yeah, that's, that's a really good point. And people ask me this um, all the time. I uh, do a lot of guest speaking engagements to large groups like, you know, SIRS and Seroptimists and different organizations. And I get a lot of people after my, um, my presentation that'll come up to me and say, you know, sometimes I'm really worried that I am starting to get brain disease. That's very common because 
forgetfulness is a part of aging. And there is um, forgetfulness that is part of the normal aging process. And then there's brain disease that causes cognitive decline. And I would say that if, the, if your forgetfulness is just kind of um, subtle and doesn't impact your activities of daily living, it's probably more normal aging process. What I tell people is if it really gets to the point where it's impacting your ability to function on a day-to-day -day basis, and it's probably more serious than normal mm. aging. But in the beginning, this, the, um, the signs and the symptoms are so subtle, people can live with it for years before it actually progresses to the mid-stage and most people, believe it or not, are not diagnosed with brain disease like Alzheimer's or one of the other brain diseases that causes dementia until they're already in their mid-stages because the signs and symptoms are so subtle. The hallmark of, well, let's say Alzheimer's disease, which is the most common um, brain disease that causes dementia, it will progress. And, but it takes years, but the, um, the signs and the symptoms uh, worsen and become more acute and more obvious. So um, the beginning, it's very subtle. You might notice things like, oh, you're having a conversation with your mother and she seems to be struggling with trying to remember the right word to put in to that sentence. And then she might replace the word that belongs there with, oh, you know, the thing. That's very common mm. thing because she couldn't remember that the thing was a pencil. But that can also happen to people who are just kind of aging. On that note, if you suspect either yourself or someone close to you, you're 50-50, you think they're quite forgetful, but you feel like it's progressing a little bit and you, you've got a an inkling that there might be something there. Well, I mean, what, what would you recommend people do if they do think that potentially someone in their family or some, them themselves have a, have a brain disease or Alzheimer's? My recommendation would be to see their doctor. But again, there is no test to accurately diagnose Alzheimer's disease. The one brain disease that causes dementia that can be seen in a CAT scan or an MRI is what we call vascular dementia. It's the second cause of dementia, but it can be seen um, in diagnostic imaging because it's caused by strokes. Either the person having what we call transischemic attacks, TIAs, which are mini strokes, or regular strokes. And those cause um, damage to the brain. They will have the dementia with that. But Alzheimer's disease right now, the only way it can be diagnosed is upon an autopsy. After oh, wow. Person. Yeah. So even with that said, doctors kind of have to go through a process of elimination as far as um, the, the diagnostic process by eliminating things that it's not. Mm. And then kind of through process of elimination, coming down, there are some tests that they perform. One's called a mini mental test where they'll ask 
the person if they know who the current president of the United States is. And, you know, there's a series of questions. But to actually come up with an accurate, definitive diagnosis, there isn't mm. that right now. Wow. I suppose the, the next step then, if, if you're all pretty confident that someone has it, doctors included, what's it like to live or to deal, to care for someone? I know that's something we want to talk about in terms of how family members or friends or people are involved you know, with a loved one like that in coping with that and handling it and responding to it. Like you said, some of that stuff is not what you think. No, and I have found over the years that I've been counseling family members and running support groups that probably the number one thing that helps people understand what's happening to the brain with Alzheimer's disease is that it affects the first part of the brain that it affects is the short-term memory. So the way I, I kind of use an analogy to help people understand what's happening to it and it helps them understand some of the behaviors that are associated with it. So think of the brain, the short-term memory, like a light, a lamp. To, to turn your lamp on and off, you typically flip a switch. You flip it on up to turn it on and you flip it down to turn it off. So think of the short-term memory like a lamp. Now, because the short-term memory is the first part of the brain that is damaged, the short-term memory is turned on and off, on and off, on and off throughout the entire progression of the illness. In the beginning of the disease, it's in the on position more than it's in the off position. So they seem pretty cognitively aware. You might, as I explained before, they might forget a name or the name of, of a, something and then they'll replace it with like, oh, the thing, or they'll stumble for words or they'll forget where they put something. But again, that's also part of the normal aging process. So it's really hard to tell in the beginning if this is the beginnings of a brain disease. So consider in the first part of in stage one, we'll call it stage one, the short-term memory is pretty much in the on position more than it's in the off position. But once in a while, that flip gets switched off. Yeah. When the flip, when the switch gets flipped off, the short-term memory basically for that moment short-circuited. And then that person is pulling from their long-term memory, which stays intact for the entire duration of the illness. The long-term wow. does not go away. It is it's permanent. But because the short-term memory kind of got switched off um, for that moment in time, for that moment in time, that person pulls their information from their long-term memory. So this explains a very common behavior. They start talking about things that are from a past period of time, which makes no sense to the family members because they're talking about something that doesn't make sense in the family member's reality. Mm. And the person with the brain disease because the short-term memory got flipped off, 
for that moment in time, their reality becomes is their reality is coming from their past memories. Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. And I mean, when you talk short term, I mean, how long are we talking? Obviously, it varies. Does it tend to be quite a long time ago? And you obviously see things on movies where people don't even recognize certain people that maybe haven't been around for a long time. So maybe that's a really good question. It differs from person to person. Everybody, once that short term memory switch gets flipped off, the memories they're pulling from, from their long-term memory can come from any past experience in their lives. I'll give you an example. My mother-in-law, um, she was one of the eight family members of mine who had Alzheimer's disease. When her short-term memory switch got flipped off, and she always ended up kind of going back to the same period in her life, and it just so happened with her, she was about 12 or 13 years old. Whoa. And she would talk about, we knew how, where she was in her past memories because she was always talking about these tennis tournaments that she and her brother would play <laughs> and yeah. talk about being in seventh and eighth grade and talk about um, friends that she had during that period of time. Wow. She kind of knew where she was in her reality. And the thing that's really interesting when she, when her fl switch got flipped off and she was pulling from her adolescent period of life. Now, keep in mind, when she's 12 or 13 years old, she hadn't gotten married yet and she didn't have any of her five children. So when, her, when she was pulling from her past memories, she wouldn't recognize my husband as being her son. Mm. She thought my husband was her brother. And she would talk to him about the tennis tournaments that they played in together. When their, love, when their parent doesn't recognize them as being their child, this is the reason why they don't recognize them, because they're pulling from memories from their past. And if they haven't gotten married and had those children yet, they wouldn't possibly be able to recognize a person that in their mind doesn't exist yet. Yeah, it's very, very interesting. I mean, I also I'm curious, because when you're talking about that scenario as well, my mind, it seems like I think in movies sometimes, but what are your thoughts on if you've seen it, the, the film The Notebook? Because I know that whole story. Have you seen that movie? That's my one of my very... I love that movie. Yeah. And um, that obviously, if anyone who hasn't seen it, the whole, the whole movie is basically in flashbacks of a time, like you say, when they were younger. Um, it's two two uh, older people in a you know in a retirement home talking about, and he's explaining the story, um, and you don't want to ruin it, but you know basically one of one of the well you one of them is, looks like they're definitely got dementia, probably probably Alzheimer's, I don't know, but I mean how accurate is that? Is there what are your thoughts on that movie and that scenario? Because um, it I mean it's a great movie, but I mean it what is, and I have to honestly say, being an expert in the industry, that they did an exceptional job illustrating and depicting the, some of the behaviors that mm. are very common with that disease. Yeah, very emotional film. And like you said, not recognizing sons, daughters, grandchildren, and things like that. A good movie to relate it to. When she doesn't recognize her husband, her short-term memory switch is temporarily flipped off. And then you remember in the movie, just like out of nowhere, she'll recognize yeah. him. 
yeah, get flicks on. Yeah, these little pockets, and that's what he's yeah. literally working for that, just to be around when that happens. Then brief periods. Yes, this is happening all throughout the disease. In the beginning, the short-term memory switch is on more than it's off. Then, as it progresses, it'll be off more than it's on. Mm -hmm. And at the very end, stage four of Alzheimer's disease, most of the most people end up having no short-term memory whatsoever. And so they're only pulling from their long-term memory, but their reality is completely a different place in time than our reality. And this is what people have such a difficult time yeah. with. Would you say in that movie, she's kind of in stage three to four almost, or pretty much four? I would say she's, from what I see, she was more in stage three there. Yeah. yeah. Stage four, she would have pretty much been bed bound and completely helpless and people would have had to perform all of her, her daily, her tasks yeah. of daily living. I mean, how do you think he deals with that in that movie and, and just things maybe you think, yeah, he, they, they depicted that right. He's doing that well and things obviously he not intentionally because he's really obviously loving in that, but he didn't handle it so well or again, sort of like things people get right, things people get wrong. I think in the movie, the character he plays as being her husband, I think he does an exceptional job understanding that when she is pulling from her past memories, he joins her reality. Mm. And that's exactly what we've been taught to do, to join their reality. Because I'll tell you one thing, once that switch gets flipped off and the short-term memory has um, been short-circuited temporarily, there is nothing anybody can do or say to change the belief of the person's reality at that given moment. I just was curious as well, you've obviously been so close to the disease and this is your area of expertise, but also having eight family members or extended family having gone through this, your thoughts around fear of the disease or worry? I mean, is it hereditary? Do you worry about this sort of thing or is it just something that's not even worth worrying about. There's nothing you can do about it. I mean, what are your thoughts? It's a good question. And I am actually asked this quite a bit because five of those eight family members are blood relatives. The other three were uh, through marriage. Mm -hmm. um, so it does tend to run in my family and it's on both sides. So to answer that question, of course, I think about it because it would put me in the higher risk category of developing Alzheimer's disease. Alzheimer's disease is not necessarily genetic, but it does tend to run in families. Early onset Alzheimer's disease is genetic. Did you see the movie Still Alice? I didn't. No. Okay, so um, that story was based on a woman with early onset Alzheimer's disease or early onset brain yeah. disease, uh, which shows up much earlier than Alzheimer's disease. So Alzheimer's disease typically is in your 70s or 80s. Early onset could be in your 50s or 60s. That's genetic. Mm -hmm. Regular Alzheimer's disease is not. To be honest with you, it's going to be luck of the draw. It's not um, a foregone conclusion that, oh, yeah, I'm going to get it. And we're going to start to wrap this up now with the, a quick alpha round. I like to get one of your maybe favorite quotes or just a quote that you like kind of sums up your approach to life and how you uh, like to live your life. Is there any that spring to mind? 
Yes. First of all, I have learned in life not to take anything for granted. And I also don't let myself get wrapped up in pettiness. I don't let the little things bother me. Life is too precious and life is too short. If I'm driving on the freeway and somebody cuts me off, so be it. That's their issue. It's not my issue. I'm just glad they didn't hit me. Yeah. But I about it. There's very, very little in life that gets me frazzled or upset. Usually there's, um, there is a reason why things happen. You might not be able to see the other side of, of um, you know, what's on the other side of the curtain right then and there. But usually there's a reason why things happen. So I just embrace life and I accept the things that come my way. I just deal with them as they come. Well, outside of your own book, Not All, All Who Wander Need Be Lost, are there any other impactful books either for you or a book that you recommend around this subject or just, you know, it doesn't have to be anything to do with this subject? Oh, that's a great question. There's actually um, a website called alzauthors.com. There are that entire website. In fact, my book is on there. I'm one of the all's authors. Um, it's not my website, but there are over 200 books. Wow. On website on the subject of Alzheimer's disease. And every single book that's on that, it's a great resource for yeah, people. Yeah, I was going to say, it's definitely a great resource. Yeah. And, books, and a lot yeah. of people aren't aware of it. It's been around maybe five years, but there are over 200 books written by um, mostly daughters and sons of um, parents with Alzheimer's or, or another type of um, brain disease that causes dementia. So it's kind of a one-stop shop place to go and look for um for a book on the subject that might appeal to any particular person cool well looking for another resource what is the best way people can connect with you if they want to continue the conversation and find out more please um go on to my blog it's on facebook and it's the same title as my book it's called not all who wander need be lost and I post a lot of um, helpful tips and information that can help people navigate the challenges of dementia, just kind of, you know, some of the things that we talked about today. And if anybody wants to ask me a question, they can ask me a question and I will respond to them. Brilliant. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for your time today. Vital episode. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless. This podcast is brought to you by The Talk Accelerator, helping thought leaders increase influence, income, and impact by achieving their talk. The Talk Accelerator program, how to secure and smash your own TEDx talk. If you'd like to find out more about how you can get onto the red spot, please do head over to talkaccelerator.com. That's talkaccelerator.com. You can also book in your complimentary idea clarity call there to talk through any potential ideas you may have. What is your idea worth sharing? I'd love to hear about it and I'd love to speak with you very soon.